0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome,
0: welcome, welcome to Soundcheck, the stories behind the chorus. This is Soundcheck. We've got Matt Stansberry of Matt Stansberry and the Romance, and he's from Oklahoma City. Is your whole band from Oklahoma City?
2: Pretty much, yeah
0: pretty much all from Oklahoma City, all or area, Oklahoma City area, several of you, because I know it's a, it's a large group. Um, I have nine pieces, but right now it's seven pieces, but you've had more, more than that, right?
2: 10, we've had 11. I, at one point we've had a show where we've had 14 or 15 people on stage at one point. So yeah, it's just kind of scales up and down a little bit.
0: How does that work with, um, Getting everyone to actually get on stage. <laughs> Are there people like on the ground because they can't fit on That's the stage? That's funny.
2: <laughs> Usually the stage is big enough, um, but there's been some really small stages that we've played in. Um, there was a venue and unfortunately it closed down, but it was a great, uh, this last year, but it was a great venue called Beal on Broadway in St. Louis that we used to play. At one point we were playing it every single month um, a couple of years back and it oh, was wow. awesome, but it was a tiny stage and we're all crammed on there and you really almost can't even move. But it was awesome.
0: And how do you get there? I mean several couple of vans.
2: No, we'd have a yeah, we we'd all fit in one van and a trailer. So a fifteen passenger van and a trailer.
0: That is impressive. It's fun. It's it's the life on the road of a musician, right? Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Okay, and you actually just uh released an EP, a solo EP mm-hmm. this year, uh called Just Me Yeah,
2: earlier this year. We recorded it at um in Edmond at the music group studios i um, a good friend of mine named LG Hamilton. Um, he's one of the uh, co-owners there. He's a producer, engineer, really awesome guy. So this was just kind of me sit sitting down with him and recording these handful of songs. I believe it's six songs, and uh, one of them is a cover of a U2 song Which called one? "Pride." Oh yeah! And, and so just a kind of a chilled, mellow version of that. Um, then because,
0: did you pick that song because you just like how it sounds or was there a reason behind that? Because their songs have, they're usually um, either political or human interest, something, mm-hmm. there's something behind it.
2: It checked all the boxes for me. Like I, I like the message. Um, so that's important. It felt authentic for me to, to sing it. I felt like I could sing it and sell it because sometimes I really like songs and like just to... Go off on a tangent for a second. Like I've been listening to a lot of Hank Williams senior lately nice. and I really like the songs, but most like uh, there's a good chunk of them. Like, like I couldn't sing. There's a tear in my beer as I'm crying for you. It just would feel like not genuine to me. Cause mm-hmm. that's just, it just doesn't feel authentic, but some of the songs do. So, but with, with, uh, with you too, I feel like a lot of the songs I, I can buy into the message and it feels authentic to me. Um, so that was kind of the reason. And also I just, I felt like I could do a different version of it uh, make it my own. So that kind of felt good. And then I could actually feel like I could perform it and sing it and everything. Um, And then uh, the majority of the songs were actually uh, solo stripped down romance songs. So instead of having all the horns and all the production, it's just, you know, me with a guitar or me with a piano.
0: How'd that feel to go in the studio and and have that stripped down, um, you know, version of your music whenever you're so used to all these big sounds behind you?
2: um it was it was really nice so we're actually what the catalyst for it all was um there's a film called the stand in and they we talked to them about using a there's a song called love Wins that i that I wrote and it's a full band version and for the closing credits of that film we talked about doing a reimagined reimagined version of love wins so we thought about you know almost thinking about it not that I sound like him at all but like a John legend type thing of like what if it was piano and and I'm not really a piano player but I can kind of dabble at. It. I mean, I can play it, but I'm not a piano player. Like I'm not great. Um, but what if we did it from more of a singer songwriter perspective kind of feel? And so that was the catalyst. And so why we were going to go do that, we were like, what if we did a few other songs and then just maybe turned it into an EP? Um, it w- so it was kind of a surprise project. It wasn't like slated as here's what I want to, I want to go do this stripped down thing. So, um, while we were doing it, it was like a few of the songs that I had written before, I just felt like these could be interesting. Um, and maybe the right audience would enjoy, Because, you know, if somebody really likes the full band version of what we do, they may not like the stripped down version. But I've actually had like a few shows where I'll do like a solo song or two. And a few people would say, I really like just hearing you do that, you know, every now and then. That's kind of cool. So so I just thought maybe there's a few people that could enjoy the songs just kind of in the most raw form.
0: Um, Since we're talking about your new music, why don't we just play some of it? Do you want to play a song? Yeah. What do you want to play?
2: Let's play something off the off of just me um i'm trying to think of which one to do let's do love wins
0: love wins because yes it does it's actually my two-year wedding anniversary so this yes. is awesome very appropriate and you're Perfect. hearing that stands very right here
1: garbage in our way When will we see a better day Here we are again With the choice to judge Or the choice to understand We gotta make amends So love wins in the Starts today, it starts right now. Oh, we can blend in with. Is that you held mm. Oh here we are again
0: very, and that's off the solo ep that came out this year just me uh i mean it's obvious what the song's about it's called it's about love but do you want to talk specifically about
2: this is so you gotta think about this too this so this is pre um like legislation for equal rights marriages and things like that so it wasn't written with that in mind it's it's been um, like the film the, the stand-in it's that's the theme of that film, and it fits. It, just ha- it really has happened to fit perfectly with that. But it wasn't written for that or that community specifically. Um, really, the idea was just... It's really about... And this is the common theme and why it works in that, in that place is because it's about not judging people and trying to understand where people are coming from. So that's really the, the whole kind of centerpiece to that song. And as I was writing about that idea of no judgment thing, it just sort of like... What combats that, and it's like love does, and love wins in, in that scenario. So love wins in the end is kind of the theme. Yeah,
0: love, kindness, uh, forgiveness. I mean, the you know, mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of things I think uh, we could do more of. Right. Totally, and we all
2: need a reminder. Is mm-hmm. you hear it over and over, and it sounds like okay, everybody's talking about these things, but it's easier said than done, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I feel like with social media and just how easy it is for people to put themselves out there but mm-hmm. then for people to respond to that in whatever judgment they might have.
2: Totally. Yeah. That's feel, a good point.
0: I feel it. Sorry, we're getting really deep here. Um <laughs> yeah. I was looking at Back some Back to of, music. No, <laughs> right. yeah. I was looking at some of your influences um on your Facebook page. Mhm. I mean, it's anywhere from Aretha Franklin to oh, Jimi yeah. Hendrix to the Bee Gees. You said that you've been listening to Hank Williams Sr. right <laughs> yeah, now. I've been on my
2: country kick.
0: <laughs> what got you started in wanting to pursue playing music?
2: Oh, so that's a great question. So, um, And this will make sense for the whole uh, the Hank Williams kick, too, here in a second. So I grew up in a musical family. Um, my great-grandfather, um, he came here through, through the land run and all that kind of stuff. And then he uh, traveled around doing like music school around the U S who would travel and then come back. And a lot of it was like old hymns and that kind of thing. Then my grandfather, um, he was born in 1912 and he, uh, got into fiddle, you know, fiddle, you know, oh, playing cool. the fiddle and that kind of thing. So he actually, at one point, um, where he was in the U S and I had, I don't know the exact details, but before Hank Williams was, uh, was, was Hank Williams. Um, he got to perform with him like in his house. He'd go over and they'd hang out. And, and so they got to, you know, play music together and those kind what? of things, which I was like, this is crazy, right? When did
0: you find this? Did you find this out later in life or is this something? Yeah. yeah I mean, it blew out late, your mind I'm after sure. I was
2: playing music. Um, and then there's a guy that, so if you're familiar with like bluegrass music, so that was originated through. Um, through a group of guys um, that at the time, I mean, this was all guys from Kentucky. So Bill Monroe is the you know it's like the godfather of yeah. of that. And there was Lester flats in his first group, and um, this guy Chubby Wise, which was a fiddle player. And so Chubby Wise went on to play in a number of different things. But um, my grandfather was a big fan of him, so started a bluegrass festival in Western Oklahoma and had Chubby Wise stay at his house, all these kind of cool things. So my grandfather's doing all this cool stuff in music um that i didn't really know almost till like, like later which is kind of funny then my dad like growing up he'd have like a and this was all like more like country music but my dad had a band that they would practiced in the in the in the basement of our house in western oklahoma and i just thought it was so cool and they'd play like a crystals the pizza place yes
0: over on that, was it meridian yeah. yeah oh yeah we'd
2: play there and we thought it was so cool because we could get you know free soda all night or whatever um So that was super fun, just kind of raising that environment. But I didn't really, it was never pushed on me um, to do music or do anything. I would sing a little bit when I was younger. But around middle school, because there was always instruments around, so it was just Mm -hmm. accessible. In middle school, I thought it would just be like the cool thing to do to start playing guitar. Um, And it was because I went to a friend's house, and it was his birthday. He got a new guitar, and nobody could play it. But I would say, out of everybody there, I was the closest one to being able to play it. Because I'd i had played like violin and stuff, and so I could I had knew how to strings push the strings down and like make a few notes, and could figure just like some really really simple stuff out. But I remember thinking, how cool would it have been if my friend got this guitar and I could play it for everybody? Um, and then I started getting into so this is like middle school time okay, time okay. frame. So, um, but again, having all that music equipment, my dad had still had tons of gear laying around and stuff. So, got into it. My brother got into it, um, and kind of the rest is kind of history. Even though. Uh, influence wise, I think I've gone down a lot of different paths than my family before me. Cause my, uh, you know, you think about these like old Christian hymns and then you go into like bluegrass and country and Western right. swing. He was also a big Bob Wills fan. And then my dad, um, was more of like started getting into, um, I went blank on, on some of the names, but guys like George Strait, um, and If he was listening, he'd be mad at me that I went blank. Oh, Glenn Campbell! I was like trying to think of who it was. It was was one of his biggest influences. Was Glenn Campbell? So um, he actually his band was called Southern Nights, um, which was after a a country song. So um, I believe it was a Glenn Campbell song that I'm thinking about it. Um, So anyway, so then but yeah, so that's kind of part of my Mm -hmm. roots, and I I think as I get older, I appreciate more of that Mm -hmm. of where they kind of came from musically, and and so I've gone back more recently and started listening to a lot of the stuff that they. Enjoyed.
0: So you're listening to Hank Williams because of your background or your family's background. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Or being attracted. And
2: same thing with Bob Wills. Like there's songs that they would play growing up, and I didn't really know who p- played them. Like mm-hmm. and it because they were really pretty old. And so if you look at some of the stuff, it's from like the 30s, 40s, and it's just really old. You know, really early country stuff. And so my dad knew it because he was playing with my grandfather. But my grandfather actually passed away right when i started getting into music so he we never got to really have that dialogue so i'm kind mm-hmm. of having that dialogue in a in a sense with him now you know later and kind of later down the road but
0: that's really cool so as you're listening to old uh, vintage music i want to call it old vintage music um and you see the music that's coming out now what mm-hmm. do you think about the state of music now just in general
2: i'm actually excited about it um you know, I don't complain about it because I, I think there's a lot of brilliant stuff going on. Um the stuff that it doesn't always get yeah front and center on like pop radio, but that's not what it's for. You know, it's it's probably not supposed to be there. Um but I you know, I mean just even you see like Casey Musgrave's record getting album of the year, I thought that was an awesome record. Um
0: I really do like her. And it's cool. not even my type of sound typically, but Yeah, me too. She's so talented. Yeah, it kind of spans a more of a universal I don't know genre I think yeah. um and she's just so talented
2: she is and I, I like what I like about it is she's kind of I feel like she's honoring the past but also projecting the future and moving things forward that's a really fine line to walk and, and I've struggled with that because I love the idea of like being kind of throwback and whatever but at the same time it's like somebody's already done that. Like what can you contribute to move things also forward that mm-hmm. makes sense while you kind of honor the past and not just cause I'm not just into just nostalgic music, just to be into nostalgia. So, um, so I, I actually get excited about seeing artists that I think I'm like, Oh, like a guitar player named Gary Clark Jr. Out of Austin. I've always yeah. just thought his guitar playing is real cool. And, and it's like, he's kind of like familiar and he's kind of old, but he's like doing stuff that other people haven't done, you know, and there's lots of guys. There's a guy named Marcus King. That's, has a cool sound he's just he's about to have a new record out with uh that uh dan uh from the black keys produced with him oh, cool. there's just i think there's like a lot of cool stuff i'm just rattling off stuff i'm like seeing like in the last week but
0: do you feel like then it's more um that there's more diversity or more eclectic music out there than uh, maybe whenever you're growing up in the 90s and uh and you heard kind of the mainstream music and that's what you heard
2: totally I think things have a different... They live in different places. Um, you know, I kind of grew up through the 90s part, partially, and I, uh, like I got real into Nirvana back in the day and all that kind of stuff. And it was cool because some of that stuff was... You know, anything that you heard was... And radio was different, though. I think it was playing a broader breadth Mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. Now I think things are a little bit more segmented, but it's all there if you look for it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's really cool, if you're into jazz, there's some great modern jazz artists out there. If you're into folk music, there's an amazing folk music scene, and there's a lot of great Oklahomans a part of that. Like, you know, so there's just, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. So I'm actually excited about it. It's just maybe sometimes it can be tougher to find if you're not, especially if you're not looking for it.
0: That's what I was gonna say. I feel like with, you know, all this digital streaming, it's um, it's good and bad. Like, I don't want things just to be fed to me and, like, this is what you're going to listen to because this is what the radio station says that you need to listen yeah. to because that's what the record label says that they should start playing. Um, and But it's also more difficult to discover music, I feel mm-hmm. like, because there is so much of it out there, um, and then in a, there's a lot of singles. Like, yeah. I feel like you listen to one song from a Probably. band— and then you listen to a different song, song from a different band. And so uh, it really takes some, some work to, to find everything that's out there. But there's so much talent.
2: There is. There is. There's a great kind of, I would say, it's, you could kind of say it's like a case study. This band called Wolfpack, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're this off-the-radar band in a way. But they also just sold out Madison Square Garden in New York. And they're, they have no record deal they just kind of did everything on their own, built this whole scene. And it's kind of this real funky, um, they're real funky for sure, but they're also like kind of virtuoso ish kind of musicians. And they're just kind of doing this thing and they've created this whole culture and people like, will be like, some songs don't even have words and the whole audience is like singing what the bass player's doing.
0: This is awesome. And
2: it's pretty nuts. But you see a band like that, you're like, okay, there's some like real magic out there in the music industry right now. Um, and it can be in really unexpected places. Wolf Wolfpack? Wolfpack. So oh. V U L F P E C K. I think.
0: All right, everybody that's listening to this needs to go check them out. Then. Yeah. Like Wolfpack, it's a movement. It's
2: like Wolf. Yeah, it's totally a scene. It's like a, you're either into it or you're not, though. Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm I'm into it because I just think I love the music and I've always been into funk kind of stuff. And but they're, and they're kind of funny too and fun and lighthearted and. Oh, I can't wait to check really them out. Really unique.
0: Okay. An amazing guitarist. In there real quick before we head out because I think that this is really interesting um how you got in touch with Sun Records oh yeah, and yeah. for that PBS special back in 2015 tell us a little bit yeah. about you how that hear happened. The story yeah
2: um are you familiar with the story at all how that no how that happened? okay so I mean
0: I read the bio I read I read your so you heard a little bit about it. So bit, yeah, yeah
2: I'll I'll give you all a slightly longer winded version of that um so yeah so we actually played in I forgot what year it was now but we went to go play our first show in Memphis and I think we played at Hard Rock on like Bill Street or something and uh, John Fletcher who is a trombone player in the band he suggested we go stop by Sun Studios or Sun Studio sorry it's one studio so it's no not plural uh, stop by Sun Studio and get a picture like on the outside because it's you know that's where I don't know if you're familiar that's where like Johnny Cash got to start it's where Elvis Presley got to start it's where there's like Howlin' Wolf got started there uh, there's just a lot of history there Isn't
0: Jerry, didn't Jerry Lewis
2: Jerry yep no. yep um and Carl Perkins kind of got going mm-hmm. early there. There's like some early Roy Orbison stuff. So it's just yeah. like there's so much crazy history there. So we went to go just get a picture on the outside, but it's open. So of course we like meander into the lobby and we're like looking around. And they could tell we we're in a bigger group, so they were just like, "Who are you guys?" And um, I think it was Adam Ray, who's a saxophone player here in town, was the one that started talking to them and said, "Oh, we're a band," and so. Um, they said, well, Hey, well, if you give us a CD, you can get a free tour. And the tour just started. So we were like, uh, so he came to me and told me that. And I was like, duh, like, let's do it. But the thing is, what's funny (laughs)
0: is
2: (laughs) it was, I say that we actually kind of debated whether we were going to do it or not, because it was like, I think it was like 1 PM or something or like, no, it was like 1230 or something like that. And we were going to eat barbecue Mm. and like Memphis barbecue is really good. So. We were like, did we do the tour? Or do we go eat now? We're kind of hungry. Yeah. But we're like, okay. Weigh the options. And we, it, it's not dumb. It's so <laughs> dumb that we did that.
0: I mean, both are very important, but obviously one is way more important than the other one as
2: far right. as how it turned out. It shouldn't out. even been a debate, but we were kind of like, I mean, is everybody cool not eating for, like delaying that for like an hour or so? <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> stupid. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, we, we came to the, the wise conclusion that we should just continue with the tour. The, we should do the tour. So I grabbed a CD out of the trailer Gave it to them. They're like, "Cool!" So we start doing this tour. Um, it was a great, great tour. Went through the whole thing, and we're like, "Oh man, i have learned all this stuff." We get to hear like Elvis's first recordings and all these things, and we're just like, "Oh, this is so cool!" We get to the end, and we're in this because I take you through like the building, and you wind your way into the actual studio. And then when we get in there, at the end, we, they talk about it, and they're saying, "And by the way, we still record, you know, some stuff in here in the evenings. You know, we have groups come in, do some different things, and..." And we were, and I was like, I think I like hit my brother and I was just like, dude, we're going to record here. Just kind of, you know, just being funny, joking around, like not really thinking it'd be serious. And at the very end, they have like this, Elvis. they call it the Elvis mic. I don't think it was one that he actually sang on, but it just looks like the famous Elvis mic. So everybody takes cheesy pictures with it. And we all did the cheesy pictures. And then right when we're about to leave, because we're the last ones in the group, we waited till everybody else did their pictures and we were last. So it was just like us in the room. And this guy came in. And he had this, like, real crazy animated energy, and he just goes, are you guys the band? And he, like, looks at me, and I go, I don't know. Like, we're a band, (laughs) but I don't know if we're the ones you're talking about. (laughs) He goes, no, the band. Like, we just opened your CD, and we're playing it in the lobby in there. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, like, really? You listen to it right now? Like, he was like, yeah. He's like, we love it. Like, come with me. And so he takes us back to, like, the control room. We start talking. And we're like, okay, and we're all standing around, like awkward, like you know, in this little room, like nobody knows what to say. Just listen to this guy. And his name is Plez, which is an awesome name. Yeah, Plez Hampton, and he, he's an awesome guy. He had this, he has this great history in Memphis and at different studios. But anyway, just basically where he landed was just like, we want you to come do a PBS uh, show out of here. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let our producers out of DC know that we want to have you guys. I mean, I want you guys to come record. Some music here on another night so let's start thinking about planning a trip for you guys to come and spend two nights here and we'll do one pbs and then one thing for you guys and so of course we're like okay and we left <laughs> and i kind of thought that was really surreal yeah is this really going to happen yeah, and is like it the, fake or is yes. it real yeah and that that on the way home that trip like we started getting people like like following me on twitter and stuff that were, like, producers of P- for, like, this PBS Sun Studio thing. So I was like, maybe this is real. And I think within a few weeks, we got it all figured out, and we went and aren't did it and everything. But aren't was, you glad you, cool.
0: yeah, you waited on that barbecue? Yeah. Like- all right, yeah.
2: And the whole time we were getting the barbecue, we were like, what just happened? You know, but it was what's cool. You're not even
0: hungry anymore. Yeah. Like it was just,
2: what was cool about it, it was just kind of one of those, like, you didn't think those moments exist anymore, like mm-hmm. those old. And you think for a place like that that's already, like, discovered all this amazing, legendary talent. That whole process wouldn't kind of feel like it's happening there, like they're going to try to still discover and find things. And it was cool to see that that studio still has that aura to it where they're like, hey, we have this great place. We're trying to find people that, you know, musicians that yeah. have a sound that fit this vibe or whatever. So it was, it was a cool experience.
0: That speaks volumes about your music. So oh, it's I'll definitely something to hang a hat, your hat yeah. on for sure. Thank you. Um, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate yeah. it. It was fun. And if you want more information about Matt Stansberry, Matt Stansberry and the Romance, you can visit him online. It's mattstansberry.com. Should I spell it out? S-T-A-N-S-B-E-R-R-Y, like the strawberry, <laughs> dot com. And for more Soundcheck podcasts, make sure you visit kforcom slash podcasts.